You're listening to Tatiana is Everyone, an Orphan Black podcast. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm Stephanie. And this week we are talking about Orphan Black at San Diego Comic-Con. Now, we were not actually able to go to San Diego Comic-Con, neither Chris nor I, but we have been trying to live vicariously through people on the internet. As is often the case, right? Yes. Because <laughs> who really, yeah. I feel like you, I've never been, Chris, you've been a couple times to Comic-Con. I have been four times. And I feel like it, you really need to be a person of like hearty stock to, to make the, the voyage to Comic-Con these days. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I stopped going before they started selling out of tickets. And so I can't even imagine going there now. I mean, they, the first year I went, they didn't even have Hall H finished yet. And now people like camp out overnight so that they can get into Hall H. So I kind of can't even fathom it to some extent. So it's pretty crazy, is what I'm saying. But it looked like there was a lot of great Orphan Black stuff going on, not least of which being the official Clone Club meetup that they scheduled, which we've talked about before how awesome Orphan Black seems to be at really connecting with its fan base through social media in particular. And I thought this was just another example of how brilliant and how well this show and their marketing department really connects with fans. It is. It was so smart of them. And Tumblr co-sponsored the thing, which I thought was pretty great, too, because, you know, Orphan Black knows where its fans are. (laughs) But yeah, from all the pictures I saw, it looked awesome. They had all these cardboard cutout standy things everywhere. And I liked that the one I saw of Cal, that he was holding Kira. That made me happy. Yes. It, it was a so still, cute. still from, oh, I'm going to blank on the episode number, 202 or 203, where, you know, he's trying to pull Kira away from evil Daniel. And I just think that's a really cute picture of the two of them. Yes. But yes, I, I want all those standees now, though, is I the know, problem. Right? I I don't care if it's creepy. I kind of just want them to be looking down on me as I'm in my bed or something like that. This is going to weird you out, because I don't think you know this about me. I actually have a number of cardboard standees from my old fandoms. So, a bunch of Star Trek ones, then? Uh, I think I just have one Star Trek one. Okay. And I have a few Star Wars ones. Uh, I think I might actually have some from Lord of the Rings. So nerdy. Why am do I so nerdy, Stephanie? Do you have an Aragorn? I, I think so. That, that wouldn't I? surprise me. I'm pretty sure I do. Is it weird that I can't remember? <laughs> a little, been, but that's okay. They've, they've been in storage. Anyway, I lived with that one for the least amount of time, which is what that means. Anyway, never mind. Edit that out, Chris. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> and now you should leave it in. <laughs> but yes, they had cardboard cutouts, cardboard standees of the of the characters. They had... Even though this is like an example of kind of a marketing thing, which is just shameless marketing, but it also doesn't really bother me because it's kind of clever. But they had a a phone charging station sponsored by AT&T. It was a clone club phone, a clone phone charging station where you could charge your cell phone. And I thought that was very clever. I did, too. Well, one of the picture sets that I reblogged from the thing, it's on the TatianaIsEveryone.com website. They had actually mentioned something about, you know, the phone charging station, and then in parentheses, because they knew we'd need it. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. 
because you've got your, I'm guessing, have your phone out shot, snapping pictures left and right. But I, so I thought that was, that was clever, even though. Well, and checking Tumblr all the time. And checking Tumblr all the time, of course. Yeah. But I thought that was clever, even though it was shameless marketing. It, it was still very clever. Well, here's, here's something else about San Diego Comic Con. Everything is shameless marketing at San Diego Comic Con. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's just that everybody's like into it. And so you just kind of learn to accept it. I'd rather they do it well, though. Like, I feel like that's good marketing rather than just cheap ah marketing. I don't know. Just in your face type of thing. Anyway, but inside the, the Clone Club meetup, it looked like there was like activities. Well, there were activities, right? Because they had a, an Allison's name tag making station. Yes, something like that. I don't know that that's what it was called, but that is what it was, which was clever, I thought. And it looked like, because probably Tumblr sponsored it, co-sponsored it, it had on the name tag, it, you know, where you could fill in your Twitter, your Tumblr name. So it's like a blank.tumblr.com. <laughs> right. Because again, they know their audience. But yeah, there was that. And then they had Helena's Buffet. Oh my gosh. Which of course had jello and potato chips and pork rinds and powdered donuts and grapes and muffins and fried chicken, apparently. I could eat some of that. I, I think you need to talk about what you thought about the powdered donuts. Okay, so there's a picture There's a picture of the powdered donuts, which apparently came in little plastic bags, really wrapped, wrapped really well, okay? They were v- wrapped very well, and there was a sticker on it, and there was a, just a close-up picture of this thing. It's like this bag, plastic baggie with an amorphous thing inside of it that I couldn't tell what it was. And I recognized it was small, okay, Chris? Chris gave me a whole time. I knew it was small. Okay. But I thought maybe they were supposed to be, like, miniature Dr. Leakies wrapped up in a shower curtain or a piece of, you know, <laughs> landscape plastic. And Chris was just like, no, dummy. Powdered I donuts. I didn't call you names. <laughs> I know, but you always make me sound meaner than I am. So I'm doing the same to you now. Okay. Well, because I'm an ass. <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll make me sound mean. <laughs> well, of course you're an ass. How am I supposed to know that you like me unless you're an ass to me? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> But yeah, so I thought they might have been tiny Dr. Leakey's wrapped up in plastic. But powder donuts are better. They're at least, you know, more a better snack. For <laughs> <laughs> Not into cannibalism, eh? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> that just took a weird turn. It did. Well, I'm a vegetarian, so <laughs> cannibalism is far down on the list for me. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so there were those things, and then... um Oh, there was an Orphan Black store. They had like a little pop-up store set up in the Southpaw Social, which was where the whole thing was held. But uh, tangentially related, there was also just an announcement that we are going to get some official Orphan Black merchandise. Yes, like right before we started recording this, Dylan Bruce had retweeted Temple Street and I happened to see it. So So that's exciting. Yes. Official merchandise is apparently coming. I think there was mention of like, clothing and jewelry and bobbleheads in addition to the comic books that had already been mentioned. I would love a Donnie bobblehead. That would actually be pretty pretty good. I think of all the characters, he would be the best bobblehead. Hmm. And now I'm like moving my head. You can't see me, but I'm moving my head around like a bobblehead. I should probably stop that because it's creepy. And <laughs> <laughs> Well, we wouldn't know that if you hadn't just told us. <laughs> but my favorite thing that I've seen a picture of from the meetup so far, was a ball pit of denial. Which was so great, and it was also shaped like a puppy. Yes, so it was like this big blow-up puppy 
kind of pool type of situation. I was going to say, it was probably like an inflatable pool. Yeah. And it was filled with, you know, little plastic balls that you would find in a ball pit. And it is quite adorable. And they had a little sign on there that said, the ball pit of denial. And then there was a little sign underneath the puppy head that said, you're the puppy. And then it was signed OB Tumblr. So can I admit something to you, Chris? I'm going to, I'm going to get personal here. Okay. I did not realize that the expression was ball pit of denial until I started making episodes with you. What did you think it was? I just thought it was the pit of denial. I didn't know there was balls involved. (laughs) (laughs) Huh. I mean, this is... I'm I'm down in the pit of denial here. I didn't realize there was... It was a ball pit. That's what sounds like a lot lot more fun, honestly, than just being in a pit of denial. (laughs) Right. Well, I think I think the pit of denial is like a thing. And then I think there's the orphan black fandom thing, which is the ball pit of denial. Okay. So is it maybe... Okay. That makes me feel a little better because I felt really dumb. It's like you... It's like when you say... You, you've been saying a word a certain way all your life and then you hear somebody else say it. You're like, oh, have I been mispronouncing it this entire time? It was one of those and I felt really embarrassed. I think most recently... The word has been the word primer, P-R-I-M-E-R, which is kind of like a a book, a school book that is very, very basic. It's kind of an antiquated term, but, you know, the idea that here's like your basic guide to something is a primer. And I didn't realize that was how you're supposed to pronounce it until my partner. I didn't either. Yeah, until my partner said it. And then I was like, oh, okay, you have a PhD. We're going to go with that. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. So, talking about Orphan Black, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> tangent. Tangent. The, so, the ball pit of denial, shaped like a puppy, which had a sign on it saying, no, you're the puppy. It's, yeah. So cute. was pretty brilliant. Yes. And then I thought it was really lovely that, and it didn't surprise me, but I thought it was really lovely that the cast showed up for a time at the meetup. Right. I was pretty sure they would. I think there was some mention about how maybe there would be some special guests or something. I think there was some vague comment about it. But I'm I'm not really surprised that it was all the cast members who were there who, who showed up. But yeah, it is so nice of them to do that. And they they seem like they try to do that kind of thing as much as possible. They really seem to care about the fans, which I appreciate. Well, I think they know they're, they are a small show. But they have a very dedicated following, even though their audience isn't huge. It's grown, though, and right. over the past season. So I, I feel like they, they recognize that it's probably a lot of fans going out and just being, the show's really awesome, people. You need to check it out. That's really helped their audience grow. So they seem to very much appreciate their fans, which is, which is lovely. Yes. I, I think they are aware. I'm trying to remember what thing it was that I saw or heard where they were talking about how... You know, they hear the stories about people essentially forcing their friends to watch it. You will sit down, you will watch this, and you will enjoy it. Yeah, that's actually been happening at my house because my partner had a couple of friends who hadn't seen it before. And one person just came over once and kind of, we showed her the first few episodes and she was like, no, 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 that's really good. I can watch it on on Amazon Prime. Okay, I've got that. And apparently her stepson has just like really gotten into it too and has binge watched all the episodes recently. But her other friend actually has come over every week for several weeks and watched like two episodes at a time (laughs) watching the series. So I think she's supposed to come over tomorrow. I'm not sure what to show her because we don't have season two on DVD yet, but 
We'll figure out something. <laughs> but, oh, and, and here's where T- uh, Tatiana posed for really adorable pictures holding a glue gun. Yes. And she, oh, I, I actually reblogged those two on the on the website. So they're on the website. If you haven't seen them, go look at them because it's so cute. But yeah, pictures with a glue gun and somebody gave her a stuffed puppy. And so there are pictures of her with a stuffed puppy. And uh, I, I heard, a, I don't know, many, many people were very excited. There were, I was sort of watching the Twitter feed to find out what was going on since I wasn't there. And like suddenly there were a half a dozen messages. She just kissed the puppy. <laughs> Somebody gave her a stuffed puppy and she kissed it. People were very excited. <laughs> I can't think of any other situation where people would be that excited about somebody kissing a stuffed animal. But I know, I know. But fandom, club, man. Yes. <laughs> so that looked like so much fun, the meetup. And that's probably what I miss the most not being able to go is the meetup more than anything. Right. You know, you, it's nice to go to the panels, but usually they end up online. You can watch the panels. You, but getting to meet all the a bunch of different people in Cloak Club, I think, would have been a whole lot of fun. Right. Well, you and I are going to Dragon Con in a month. We are. So if you're going to Dragon Con, we'll probably, I assume we're going to go to the fan panel for Orphan Black at Dragon Con. So. We will. Even that, well, I, I won't go into it. We will. We won't hold anything against them. And we won't, not that they did anything. I'm being vague, but we will go to the fan panel. So hopefully we could, we can maybe figure out and say hi to people there. But let us know if you're going to be at Dragon Con and, and we'll, we'll see about maybe figuring out a way to say hi to people. I mean, I'm hoping there's going to be some sort of fan meetup there, but I haven't heard anything about I haven't it. Either. Anything, yeah. anything official anyway, but. Uh, I, I mentioned to one of our listeners, Cindy, that if nothing else, we can maybe do something while we're waiting to get into the fan panel. We'll have like a little mini party. <laughs> See, my plan, I don't have, well, I don't have a fancy phone. But what I would do if I had a fancy phone is I would get one of those little speakers that you could, you could insert in the top of your phone. And we would have a dance party. See, I don't have one that fits into my phone, but I do have one that my phone fits into. So Kinky. we can okay. see. <laughs> it's a dock thing, Stephanie. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> you just took that a weird direction. <laughs> so moving on to the panels, there were kind of two. There was the San Diego Comic-Con one, and then they did a Nerd HQ panel again, like they did last year. And the Nerd HQ ones, quite frankly, they're the best. Yes. Well, I think part of it is that the San Diego Comic Con official panels, there's just, it's, it's a different sort of animal, if that makes any sense. It's part of San Diego Comic Con. So it's basically, you know, it's, it's sponsored promotion, essentially. And I don't know, just the, the San Diego Comic Con environment slash atmosphere, it, it's just kind of a different thing. It's very hard to explain, apparently. If you haven't well, experienced it, it's... And I find it weird that they showed... It seemed like they showed at least, like, three clips at the panel. Mm-hmm. And I guess my thinking is, like, if people are in this room, it's most likely they've seen all of that. So unless you're showing them something new, it's kind of just a waste of time, I think. Yeah, it does eat up time. And I don't really know why they necessarily did that. I yeah. thought it was a weird choice. But again, I think it could at least partially be because it is... It is essentially 
a promotional appearance. Right. You know, so if we go on Letterman, they show a clip, right? So it's sort of the same thing, I think. Hmm. But I don't know. I did think it was weird that they showed so many clips, though. Yeah. Again, if it was something new, like uh, Lost Girl, another fan, another show we're big fans of, they at one of the cons that they did showed a blooper reel, which eventually was released on the second season, season DVDs, but at that point, nobody had seen it. And so I think that'd be appropriate, you know, something fun to share with people that they'd be the first people to see or the only people to see. But I don't understand showing clips of the show that probably everybody who in that room had seen at least five times. <laughs> well, and I mean, one of the things they showed, at least I think they showed it there, was something that I also reblogged. So it's on the website. And it's like funny moments from season two. Yeah, I saw that. And okay. I don't, but I mean, I don't have a problem with that necessarily, but to That's keep, better. To keep yeah. showing clips seems weird to me. Yeah. But whatever, I'm not in charge of it. So anyway. But there was none of that at Nerd HQ. It was very chill vibe, very nice venue, I guess, and kind of ridiculous. I think <laughs> the cast ended up commenting, like, what happened to us? Why are we being so inappropriate? And I think it's really Dylan Bruce and Christian Brune's fault. It is. Primarily Dylan Bruce's fault. Did, did you see the picture of them where they were both drinking Red Bulls? <laughs> I didn't see that one. It's like, that might explain some things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, because I guess from what I've seen of interviews of them in the past, like, last year when it was, because it was just Tatiana, Jordan, and Dylan. Mm-hmm. And, like, T- Tatiana and Jordan are fairly, they're more low-key. They're more like, because, like, when... When Dylan Bruce started giving Christian kind of a hard time, Tatiana's like, no, don't do that. Leave him alone. You know? <laughs> but, right. But since Dylan Bruce kind of had like a partner in crime, you know, he was a little more out of control this year. Last year, he had two people who were less, less, a little manic than he is. But this year, he had Christian, who kind of was a joker, too. They got pretty rambunctious this year. They did, which resulted in pants dropping, which I appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> You would. <laughs> I can't help it. I have a crush on Christian Brune. <laughs> I do like Christian Brune, and I did laugh when I saw the pictures of him dropping his pants. Yes. Because it yes. wasn't really surprising that he dropped his pants. Well, Not at this I, point. I appreciate that. And they actually brought up Donnie's underwear in the SCCC panel. And I appreciate that he's he's not like sort of a... a a male model type, really slim guy, but he's comfortable walking around in his underwear on TV. Like, I appreciate that about him. He seems comfortable with himself, and I like that. Well, as he called it in the Nerd HQ panel, he's just shameless. <laughs> and I think that's 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 appropriate. <laughs> yeah. I think it is one of those things, if you're going to be a comedic actor, embrace the shamelessness, man. Yeah, yeah. But I think my favorite part, actually, of the Nerd HQ was when was when Tatiana started asking the other people questions. I was like, mm-hmm. ooh, they should just like let them talk to each other for a while. This is really interesting, Tatiana. <laughs> it was. They were really good questions and insightful. Yeah. Because they had gotten a question from the audience about music. And Maria Doyle Kennedy actually ended up talking the most about it because she's she's a musician. She has a record label. She produces albums. And she was talking a lot about music. And Tatiana asked her a really good question about music in her process and things like that. It's like, that was a good question, Tatiana. (laughs) Yep. I agree. Although I think the most adorable moment of the panel 
I don't remember exactly what the question was, but Jordan was basically heaping praise on Tatiana. And then when he stopped talking, she sort of leaned in and like nuzzled her forehead against him. <laughs> and then they sort of turned and then they were nuzzling their foreheads against each other. And it was really, really cute. Well, and she also rubbed her hands on him. So I think this is Tatiana is part cat coming out in, right. the pu- in public eye, right? Mm-hmm. And yes, it was very adorable. Well, because there was that quote from, I think it was John, it was either John or Graham were talking in one of the interviews about how Tatiana spends half of her day pretending she's a cat. And, you know, there were reports from the conversation that she'd gone and sat next to Evelyn and said meow and Evelyn responded with meow meow or something like that. And so, yeah, apparently it's pretty common (laughs) sort of behavior. I just, I kind of love that everybody's just kind of embraced it. (laughs) And they just respond in kind now. (laughs) Well, she's just so warm and lovely. Like, how else do you respond to her, really? That's true. I totally do it, too. Yeah. So. I'd be confused at first, but <laughs> then I'd go with it. <laughs> now, Ari Millen actually said quite a bit in the Nerd HQ panel. He didn't say as much in, in the other panel because just people were asking him questions. But he, he he said quite a bit in this panel. And I have to say, his hair looks much better styled this way than the way they styled it for Mark. Well, yeah. <laughs> they were going for a thing with Mark, though, I think, oh, right? I know, I know, I know. Wasn't there some comment, too, about how Mark spends all his time looking in the mirror, adjusting his hair? Wasn't there something about that? Yeah, he was. They were asked about guilty pleasures, and he said that probably Mark spends a lot of time looking at the mirror. Right, that's what it was. Yeah. But Ari Millen, I thought, was very lovely. He seemed very lovely on the on this particular panel. And yes. just everybody was just so complimentary of, of Tatiana. And Christian Brune mentioned how... You know, Tatiana, even when it's not her coverage, when it's the other actor's coverage, she just still really goes for it and will improv lines to just really help the other actors. And he was saying how rare it is to find a lead actor who will do that for for other actors when it's like not their coverage. Mm -hmm. And that does not surprise me in the least that she would. (laughs) Right. Me neither. But yeah, one of the other interesting things that Ari Millen said was that he was originally supposed to be killed by Paul in episode six, apparently. So he was talking about getting the script for episode six and kind of being like, okay, here it comes. And it didn't happen. (laughs) And sort of going through that for the next several episodes and then finding out when he got, I think, episode nine, finding out then that he was going to be the new clone. Yeah, they had mentioned in... Graham and John had mentioned in some post-season two interviews that 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 was the case, that they were just really taken with Ari and thought that he could make a really interesting addition if he stayed on the cast long term. And so they didn't end up killing him. So lucky for him. (laughs) Right. Of course, I think it was uh, Dylan had commented that that was actually how they got introduced. And this is Dylan. He'll be killing you. Yeah. (laughs) In episode six. Oh, Dylan. And he had his oh, but his Dylan, nail gun Ken thing. Yes. And he did try to do a sauntery walk. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> I don't know what that was either. But I have it to was, say... It was not what he thought it was, I'm pretty sure. No. <laughs> but I have to say, watching this, I was like, you know, I think Dylan Bruce actually would make an awesome 
talk show host, maybe in the style of like Graham Norton, where or or maybe even like a Craig Ferguson, where yes, they're the host, but they still like interject a lot of funny comments while while they're interviewing people. I feel like that that he might be quite well suited for that. <laughs> I could totally see that. I could totally see that happening. Yes, but Dylan Bruce, he made me he made me quite happy in this panel because he admitted. That he had a crush on Maria Doyle Kennedy because of the commitments. And I was like, okay, maybe, maybe my, my Paul Mrs. S dream could come to fruition and that would make me, that would make me happy. <laughs> Stephanie ships it so much, you guys. I do. I really do. So much so that on Twitter, I was asked, well, I first threw a, a couple name out there, but it was kind of rejected because I, I, I went with something simple and just called them Mrs. Paul. <laughs> but that was rejected, so I, I offered up international bad abs as an alternative. But really, <laughs> Which I think always it always works... makes me laugh. I love Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. But really, I think it'd be best if it was all together. So, Mrs. Paul colon international bad abs. That would be their <laughs> ship name. <laughs> uh, I'm going to tag all of the Mrs. Paul or Mrs. S and Paul. <laughs> I just unintentionally did it. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> I'm just going to tag it all of that now. And uh, curse you as I have to keep typing. Because why couldn't it be shorter, Stephanie? Why? Oh well. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, Dylan Bruce, it's always amazing to me how different he is from Paul. Mm-hmm. He's just such this big goofball. So goofy. <laughs> but like i totally hang out with dylan bruce oh yeah me too paul maybe not so much because <laughs> you'd be getting the, like the the creepy death stare from paul i know yeah mm, yeah that would not but be dylan good. bruce would just spend the whole time trying to make you laugh probably <laughs> so i guess moving on a bit because we've mentioned it a little already to the the sdcc orphan black panel so i had my my spirits lifted by dylan bruce's comments that he had a crush on maria doyle kennedy and then she kind of like quashed my dreams because she said that that relationship might be too much for Mrs. S and Sarah, their relationship. But she did also mention that people had like talked to her about it. So there's other Mrs. Paul International Badab shippers out there. I just know it. <laughs> I'm not surprised that there are more out there because you know what I always say. I always say if there are two characters that exist, somebody ships it. I know. I know. But you and you did. You very nicely cropped a photo for me of <laughs> Doyle Kennedy and Dylan Bruce, where they're sitting and looking kind of coupley. You have to admit they look pretty coupley in that picture. He does have his arm sort of stretched out on the the sofa behind, behind her, her. Mm-hmm. and leaning in like very close. Like were she to lean back, she would probably be snuggled into his shoulder. All I'm saying. <laughs> Are you, like, fanficking it right now? I am, in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then. (laughs) But yeah, I I actually, and I'm sorry, Stephanie, cover your ears. I kind of agree with Maria Doyle Kennedy, though. Like, I don't know what effect that would necessarily have on Mrs. S and Sarah's relationship. No, I recognize this. I do. I do. Granted, it does seem like Sarah's kind of done with him. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, she, I think, I think they could get, get over it. If they can get over the fact that Mrs. S knew she was a clone and hid that from her for almost 30 years, I feel like they could get past some, 
potential initial weirdness if if Paul and Mrs. S had a thing. I think they could too. It's just one of those things. I want them to be able to get to a better place first Mm -hmm. before anything happens, I guess, is sort of the thing. Because stuff has just happened that has disrupted their relationship further. And more stuff could happen because of the betrayal and Helena and all that sort of thing. So I don't know. I'm concerned. I'm concerned about the relationship already. So I just kind of don't want it to be endangered any further yet. (laughs) No, I understand. I understand. My my Mrs. Paul International Bad Abs is a pipe dream. I recognize. But I'm still gonna I'm still gonna ship it <laughs> quietly over here in the corner. Okay, not so quietly over here in the corner. <laughs> uh, if there are any like minded people who are fan fiction inclined, send any links to Stephanie. <laughs> not long ones. I like short ones. Not they don't have to be smutty. That's not what I'm saying. But you know, just not not twenty chapter fanfics. <laughs> please. <laughs> no, no works in progress for you. No, no. I like short ones. I usually I, do too. I actually really like the mini fanfics that people write on Tumblr. That's just like four sentences. I really like those. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so back to the panel. <laughs> what? What was that? Oh. <laughs> I loved hearing Maria Dale Kennedy also talking about the types of roles that she's really attracted to. And I love that the person who, who asked the question even mentioned the fact that, you know, that she's an older actress, Maria Doyle Kennedy. She's not, you know, a 20 something. And yet she's still finding these, you know, taking these really rich, strong female roles in, in television shows. International badass roles. Yes. Yes. Oh, I also was really excited. They mentioned this in the Nerd HQ panel, but I was also really excited to hear because I hadn't heard this before, that John and Graham really based Mrs. S on Patty Smith in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I love Patty Smith. So I was so excited to hear that. And Maria Doyle Kennedy said she also loves Patty Smith. So, mm-hmm. And she talked about how Patty Smith, The Clash, they were some of the musicians that she drew from when creating Mrs. S. I did like the quote that she had, something about how she's not really interested in taking on like the wife roles basically talking about the the role where she's sort of in the background of somebody else's story and right you know your food's in there and your kids are there and basically saying that you know she can do that at home right <laughs> but yes i appreciated that she is interested in the more badass roles well and that's what's so interesting to miss about mrs s for me is that she is clearly in a, a mother figure on the show, but she's not limited to that. She's not j- defined by that relationship or that particular role. And I think that's great, like, because I think motherhood, parenthood is very important in people's lives, but so often for women, that becomes the only thing they are. They're just the mother. But Mrs. Mm-hmm. S is just so much more than being Sarah's foster mother. You know what I mean? Right. And that actually ties into that answer that, Jordan Gavaris gave there was that one the first fan who asked a question when they oh opened it gosh. up at uh. Comic-Con. I know it was so so moving that entire segment really. And well first she got the the award for being the best actress in the world. That's true. I think there were a couple of gifts before the question, right? Yeah, there was there was the the certificate which was so sweet. I I hadn't heard that they were doing that and that I thought was a great 
wonderful thing for them to do that they presented Tatiana with a certificate for being the best actress in the world. And I really liked what they wrote in the bottom about how she brings all of the clones, their particular characteristics and makes us love each of the clones. I, it was just a really sweet thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm very like, I'm glad that they did that. I thought that was really wonderful. Yes. But yes, the, the next one was the, was the question slash just sort of talking that just made everybody cry. I felt like I got a little teary, I must admit. Me too. While watching it. I did. But yeah, about basically coming out to her parents and how it sort of was hard on their relationship, but then she was watching Orphan Black with her mother and and her mother sort of gained acceptance from seeing Kasima and seeing all that Kasima was. And that, again, the show's emphasis on that whole, you know, they included the line. My sexuality is not the most important thing about me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so then, of course, Tatiana's tearing up. And uh, Jordan looked moved also, but then he once again gave a really eloquent response to that, where he was talking about really sort of what you were just talking about, that whole thing where humanity sort of tends to be reductive. We want to classify people into certain categories and all that sort of thing, and how... Like, really, that's just, that's not what people are. So I, I like that that was his response. And I like that that's really one of the main things in the show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just like that that's something that's so important within the show, within the construct of the show. And it seems really important to the people involved with the show, which, of course, I think is also part of the reason the show and the people involved with the show resonate so much with the fans and why it's so important to the fans. Yeah, I happened to stumble upon this this thing on Facebook today. And especially after watching the panel with that woman sharing her story, it just really struck me as particularly appropriate for Orphan Black. And it happens to be a quote by Aldous Huxley, so even more appropriate. But the, the quote is, the propagandist's purpose is to make one set of people forget that a certain other sets of people are human. And I was like, wow, yes. And that's what I love about Orphan Black, is that it is really pushing us to see these people as human. They might be, you know, regardless of their sexual orientation, their gender, whatever. You know, these these are human beings first and foremost. Yes. Which is sort of what I was just trying to get at. No, I know, but I was just, I happened to also see this quote today and I was just like, yes. Yes. <laughs> this reminds me of Orphan Black. Orphan Black is the best. <laughs> <laughs> that is often also my thought process. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was just a, such a powerful moment on the panel. And I really applaud that, that woman for being very brave and sharing her story. I don't think I could do that in front of a room of that many people. Did you ever hear the follow up on the rest of that story? I did not. That young woman was outside the panel when they were leaving. Mm -hmm. And Tatiana spotted her and basically pulled her past security and talked to her for a little while and apparently like hugged her three times. And she said she got a hug from Jordan Gavaris too. And so, yeah, they did actually get to talk one-on-one -on -one after the panel. Oh, that's nice. I'm so glad. It is. It's so nice. And then I also really loved that... Somebody made the the nesting dolls of the different clones. Yes. To give to Tatiana. The look on Tatiana's face when she pulled open the last one and found the tiny, tiny Helena in the very middle. It was cute. 
But th- those were those were great. Like, kudos to the person who painted those. Those were really awesome. Mm-hmm. Clone Club is so impressive with its arts and craftsiness. <laughs> Hopefully, though, they don't go around threatening people with hot glue guns. Yeah. I, oh, even though it was kind of a morbid question, I did like that question about how would each of the clones die? <laughs> and I liked that somebody in the audience offered up that Allison would die from sniffing too much glue <laughs> from all of the crafting. <laughs> Sounds plausible. Yeah. Although craft glue is not terribly toxic. Like if you're talking like like plastic model glue, that stuff's horribly toxic. But the uh, the the craft glue isn't too bad. I just happen to know. Anyway. But even though people were like, oh, that's a dark question. I thought that was a great question, actually. <laughs> well, because you're pretty dark, too. <laughs> well, I, I, I appreciate questions that maybe that are sort of like still about the, the series or the show, but are unique and try to get the put the put people kind of on the spot and try to make them be creative because they get the same type of questions over and over and over again. You know what I mean? Right. And so they have they have really kind of wrote answers for a lot of questions, but I like when they're kind of caught a little off guard and they need to be creative. (laughs) Uh, Helena would eat herself to death. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I also really liked the question about guilty pleasures. What would each of the characters guilty pleasures? Mm -hmm. Oh, and I also wanted to say that even though my, my Mrs. Paul international bad abs ship her heart was made happy by some comments in this panel, it kind of seemed to me that maybe Dylan Bruce and Jordan Gavaris were shipping each other a little bit. <laughs> I do think I do think Dylan Bruce kind of ships it, yeah. yeah. He, well, he often references his man crush on Jordan. Yes. Like, he talks about it a lot. Yes. But Paul and Felix, uh-uh, no. <laughs> let's, not, let's not go there on, on the show. <laughs> oh, speaking of, like, random shipping... <laughs> when they were talking about Tony and oh I, I think Maria Doyle Kennedy jumps in with something about mm. how she, you know she thinks that Mrs. S would have a lot of things to say to Tony about you know Good talking manners. about various yeah. things and, and and also having to yeah get him to behave better <laughs> and then I think it was was it Graham, Graham. yeah said something about um you know wait are, are you asking to to have Tony, was it kiss Mrs. S? Was that what the question was? Something like that. I think that was what it was. So are you saying that, that, that's. Oh no, it was, are you saying you want to kiss Mrs. S? I, or kiss Maria or something like that? And, and Tasha I was like, what? <laughs> I, right. And then, and then he clarifies Tony kissing Mrs. S. And then she's like, oh, yes. He does. <laughs> when you put it that way. Absolutely. She is, she is apparently determined to kiss every single cast member. But oh, and this was in the. I was glad that how much Tony was talked about generally, and this question was actually asked in the Nerd, Nerd HQ panel. Somebody mentioned Tony and said, "You know, I know some trans guys, but I haven't known any who had long hair and liked guys." So I was kind of surprised by that portrayal, and just the fact that they got that question, I'm just made happy all over again with the choices that they made in presenting Tony and really trying to push some some stereotypes and some assumptions that you might make about somebody just because oh they're they're a trans guy because again and i mentioned i have trans guy friends who are both of those things they have long hair they they are attracted to men so you know i but i think we often have a very 
specific idea of what a trans person, how they would present their gender, how their sexuality would be. And so I'm, I'm so glad that the show really challenged those stereotypes. Me too. I like that the show is just sort of like, you know, take that expectations. Who needs you? <laughs> You're dumb. <laughs> expectations. Also- expectations are dumb, not you. <laughs> yes, yes. Not you personally. But I, I also did like when uh, to hear when when Tat and Jordan were talking about how it was kind of weird when they did so many days of shooting with with Tat as Tony, and then she had to be Sarah. But like the sexual tension was kind of still there between the two of them. <laughs> I like the that too. And it's like it was a little weird. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. That's why Dylan Bruce was doing the weird walk. I think because they were talking about how. Sarah suddenly had a little bit of Tony's swagger, I think was maybe what it was they were saying. Mm -hmm. Although, here's the thing. I think that Tony and Sarah do have sort of a similar swagger anyway. They're actually kind of very similar. I feel like of all the clones, even though Tony and Sarah are are different, they're distinct people, I feel like they're actually the most alike that we've seen Mm -hmm. of the clones. I kind of feel that way, too. Mm -hmm. Because... Yeah, I think second to that would be Sarah and Kasima, but they clearly have very different approaches to things. But Tony, Tony and Sarah are very similar. And Felix even makes that comment, you know. Right. You're so much like my sister. And he is. Tony's a lot like Sarah. Yep. Even as much as I love Colin, I think I kind of ship Felix and Tony a little bit. We'll see where that goes. <laughs> Felony. Yes. <laughs> There's actually an interview, too, from, you know, they, they do, like, little press room type things at San Diego. And there was an interview with Tatiana and Maria and Jordan. And they the question was about any sort of unusual gestures from fans. And so Tatiana mentions the felony song that was written. Mm, mm-hmm. And she also mentioned slash fiction. <laughs> I find it interesting that we're in an era where the there are actors out there who know the term slash fiction. I know, I know. Still not sure what to think of it, but yeah, <laughs> it's weird to me the fact that actors know about fan fiction generally. Like I wrote some fan fiction back in the day. I didn't do anything outside the lines. It was very much in the same relationships in the show and things like that. But just the idea that they might be aware of that happening, I don't know that I could have. I would have written anything because I just feel too, too strange about it. Yeah, I get that. I don't know. It's, it's an interesting, we're at an interesting point in fandom history, I feel like in some ways. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it makes, makes us sound so old, but there's just so much (laughs) contact now between the, the cast and crew and, and fandom because of, of the internet. And it's, Mm -hmm. can be amazing, but it can also be a little weird. (laughs) Yeah. Gabby, who was actually at San Diego Comic-Con, was nice enough to send us a voicemail recounting her experience there. So so thank you, Gabby. Hey, Chris and Stephanie. This is Gabby, Twitter handle Townsend Atlas. I uh, just wanted to leave a short voicemail about my SDCC experience for Orphan Black. Unfortunately, I made the grave mistake of thinking I could have it all by getting to see both the Orphan Black panel and still making it into Hall H for Saturday. Needless to say, that was not the case. The Orphan Black panel was moved uh, to Room 6A this year, which is considerably bigger than the one it was in last year. But even so, the line 
two hours prior to the panel, extended around the room, out of the building, down several stairs, and to the back of the SDCC building. So I'm hoping next year they get either Ballroom 20 or Hall H. I was lucky enough to be with Tatiana in the Women Who Kick Ass panel on Saturday, which also included Sarah Polson, Netta the Drummer, and several other great kick-ass women, except for Maria Doyle Kennedy, of course. It was great watching Sarah Polson fangirl over Tatiana and vice versa. And there were several Clone Club members who made sure to express their love for Tat during the Q&A. I love that Tatiana was always very humble about all the praise she received from both the panel and the fans. I did get a video of the panel and will hope to upload soon. But I want to place a disclaimer that I'm not a very, very good videographer. So hopefully somebody else will be able to upload that footage um, soon as well. Also, one last thing. Just want to say I love both of your podcasts. Please continue doing them forever. Thanks. Bye. So if you were able to make it to San Diego Comic-Con or to the Nerd HQ panel, we would love to hear your stories about orphan black encounters at at Comic-Con. You can send us that feedback by sending us an email to feedback at TatianaIsEveryone.com, or you can leave a comment on the show notes for this episode over at TatianaIsEveryone.com slash 42. You can also send us a voice message by clicking on the Send Voicemails tab on the right-hand side of the website. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at TIE Podcast, and we are also on Facebook. And this week, the Puppy Ball Pit of Denial was played by Tatiana Maslany. Thanks for listening. <laughs>